Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly show dealing with Kashrus issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And we have a very special guest this evening. Actually, for him, it's the afternoon. We're going to be speaking with Rabbi Davidi, Rabbi Nisim Davidi, the Kashrus Administrator for the Rabbinical Council of California called the RCC. We'll have, we join here, Rabbi uh, Davidi, in just one moment. Last week, we made a special announcement that we want to try to help support the work here at JRoot, which is a, a work that everybody in who's listening to the show and everyone who is tied into JRoot in any way have had to have, have a gnaw from the, the music, even in, during the Sphere time, the special music, and all the spe- speeches and all the shiurim and all of the call-in shows, all the wonderful work of JRoot. And therefore, we're giving a special arrangement with JRoot. For those people who... who uh, Donate to JRoot Radio uh, the amount of $50 or more. We are going to give away two free subscriptions to Kashrus Magazine. That means every time you give $50, so in effect you're buying two subscriptions to the magazine, which costs $25 each. So actually, uh, you're giving money to the station, you're getting Kashrus information, and you're helping us to grow our readership and for the Kashrus magazine. So all that is available for $50 or more. You can call us at 718-336-8544. Again, 718-336-8544. Or email us at Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. That's Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. And indicate your interest, and we'll call you back. We'll contact you, get your credit card, or tell you how to make a checkout, and you'll be able to direct it through us directly to JRoot Radio. So again, uh, call us at 718-336-8544 to donate. $50 or more gets you two subscriptions, one for yourself, one for a neighbor, one for a friend, one for, a, for the rabbi, one for an organization, or just one to your office and one to your home. So that's 718-336-8544 or Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. And without further ado, let me introduce my special guest, Rabbi Nisim Davidi. Are you there, Rabbi Davidi? Yes, Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Wickler. Shalom Aleichem, Shalom to you. So, uh, you know, we speak occasionally, and this is uh, a little more unique. We're talking, and a few people are listening in. I would say, okay. uh, I would say, no, a nice number of thousands. You know, last week, Rabbi Davidi, uh, there was a little bit of an issue here, and I wanted to find out how many people are listening to my show. So I, I did an experiment. I tell them, just send me an email saying, I'm listening. And I'll tell you the truth, I can't even open them all up, there's so many. Baruch Hashem, B'li'ayin Hara. B'li'ayin Hara. And what I enjoyed a little bit, some of them were a little cute. Some of them said, the whole family's listening. And one fellow I met this week, he said to me that if he doesn't turn on this, on this show, his kids bother him till it's turned on. They must listen to Kashrus on the air. So now they're going to hear from Rabbi Nisim Davidi from the RCC of California. So you have now thousands of listeners, and they're not just located over here. We actually have listeners from across the world. So uh, you're really reaching uh, our people today. So it's a good opportunity. Let's hope they're not from Los Angeles. <laughs> well, thought, that, what's wrong with Los Angeles? It's one of the nicest places. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let us hope that I will not disappoint. 
No, no it's problem. my honor. You it's know, Rabbi Davidi, let me tell you something. It's a, for me, it's a special honor to have you because we've been, we've been associating with each other for, I don't know, about 15 years or more. I don't know the 22 number. 22 years. 22, 22 years. Since but I joined the RCC. I, but I, I remember one time, uh, our conversation, of course, nobody's listening now, so I can say it. One of our conversations, <laughs> uh, you called up, and you used to call occasionally and, and discuss with me about different hashkachas, what I thought, what I know, if it'd be helpful to you to make any decisions about what could, you could use or not use. So I took those calls very, very seriously. But one time you called, and I really was struggling. I had such mixed feelings about this hashkacha, whether it was strong, whether it was weak. There were certain <clears throat> things that happened and certain things that I wasn't sure about. And I was struggling in how to answer you. And I, I finally I said, you know, Rabbi Davidi, I really don't know 100%. You really shouldn't rely on just what I tell you. And I remember what you said to me. You said, Rabbi Wickler. I'm not relying on you. I speak to a good number of people before I make a decision as to who to re- what, what we're going to do here at the RCC. So I, that, that taught me a lot about the kind of work that you do, the diligence that you put into to make sure that uh, the RCC is doing a very good job serving the uh, Kashmir's community. So without further ado, well, tell us a little bit about the RCC. The people in New York don't know RCC. Uh, okay, the RCC, again, I am with the organization only since 1992. Uh, when I was about to leave the Kolel, the Kolel Los Angeles, uh, I was given uh, two options. One is a Chinuch job, and one was uh, to join the RCC. Uh, at that time, I did not think I was uh, prepared for the Chinuch job that was, that was offered, and I did start with the RCC part-time. Um, over the years, of course, I have grown into a, more than a, a full-time position with the RCC, both in Kashrus and in other areas where the RCC serves the community, which is the based in Angitin and conversion, etc. But I'm involved in one other aspect of it. Uh, the RCC is the only real uh, non-profit in, in, Los, in Greater Los Angeles. It basically consists of oh, close to 70 rabbanim that include shul rabbis. Uh, heads of organizations, um, uh, principals of schools, and it is basically the address um, for people who would, a couple for a two that have a good, which is personal status, if it's something that, you know, just uh, beyond the, 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 their own uh, expertise and they need the expert work of my dear colleague, Rabbi Union, uh, who can look into it and render a uh, a certificate of personal status, and it is not always simple. Uh, or if it's for a Din Torah, they would turn to the RCC. There is a standing based in of a very Chashuv Rabbanim. Of course, being on a based in for Din Torah does not um, uh, help you with getting more friends. It is really a way of not having friends, but that's the reality of being a Dayan on a based in. Uh, and uh, the RCC uh, does something very important, and that is what today they call continued education, if I may borrow that terminology, and that is having uh, Rabbanim get together and inviting experts on different topics uh, to uh, speak to them. It can range from uh, uh, topics in Halakha, it could be Evan Heiser, it could be uh, family issues, it could be um, the um, expertise of a psychologist or a, or a psychiatrist, 
um, the uh, relationship between a principal, uh, his legal status, his legal obligations uh, vis-a-vis the students and teachers, anything that our members can benefit from, the RCC uh, tries to pull together the uh, periodical uh, gatherings and invite the experts so the Abanim have that access. Let me ask you, Rabbi, uh, it, Rabbi let, me sure. ask, let me ask you one question, which is, came across my mind when you're talking. What would happen, or what does happen, when somebody comes in front of you who either is, let's say, uh, an owner of, an, of a restaurant or, or, or who you know, has, a, has a, a din Torah and he's somebody in the community uh, and you're actually certifying him or you're taking money from him. How does that work? That's an excellent question. Uh, they, can, they have two options. One is if they, in spite of their uh, awareness that the RCC uh, is giving hashkoch, if the other party is willing to accept the dayanim anyway, uh, that is halachically binding, as much as the Gemara says, neman alay abba, neman alay gimel roi bakar, as if, a pers- if both parties agree that the karov could be one of the three dayanim, that would also be acceptable. Oh, so if they both accept it, so be it. Uh, otherwise, um, they, we would refer them to another basin. To the, the Machon Hora has always been the standing address uh, for places that the RCC would refer cases that they would not be able to, oh, nice. to handle for that reason. Yeah. Now let, let's hear a little bit about the Kashras. Well, how many Hashkachas do you have? How many Hashkachas does the RCC have at the present the, time? Uh, roughly uh, 65 in the greater Los Angeles area, only the retail I'm talking about. <clears throat> it's probably closer to 70. I'm not counting some of the, the the ones that are retail, but not really a walk-in retail. So we could have close to 70 in the greater Los Angeles area. Um, of course, we are not the only people in town, but uh, we do have the uh, probably the major share, if not equally as big of a share of the Ashkachos in Los Angeles and the, what we call the Valley area. Uh, and that's really where our focus is. We don't really uh, uh, go beyond uh, beyond the Los Angeles. Uh, we do have the uh, the Ralphs in La Jolla, uh, which we have been involved in for many years, and that's in cooperation with the Rabbanim in in La Jolla and San Diego. So let me ask um, you, you mentioning La Jolla and San Diego. I know that some of the times that I called you and that I've sent a number of people to you over the years, uh, yes. it doesn't mean that anyone should make a call now to you, but uh, you know, right. first of all, I have you on the phone, so it won't be this minute. But uh, I've recommended many times that people do speak to you about the different uh, cashless agencies in the neighboring areas. Are you familiar with uh, those cashless agencies, yes. more or less? Yes. And, and I am familiar with... Uh, anybody who is a player, I am familiar with, uh, and I could say intimately, uh, because we do deal with them, we do work with them, and um, depending on who I'm speaking with, I do refer them directly to the people who give the Hashkacha, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, they can ask the questions directly if it's specific about what kind of meat they use, or what kind of ownership does the restaurant have, or what do they do with Bidikas Tolaim, or... Uh, is there Mashkiach Temidi? Is there only Yosef Nichnas? 
So those are the type of things that uh, people might want to know. Those details I mean, I w- may not know, and I do put them in touch with the right person to be able to ask those questions. And let me ask you, you mentioned about Meshkir Tamidi and Yotzev Nichnas. What is the basic policy of the RCC? Would a Fleishika place require a Meshkir Tamidi with all, in all cases, even if the owner was Shom Shabbos? And in a Milchika place, would we find a Meshkir Tamidi sometimes, or we wouldn't find uh, excellent question. Ideally, uh, and that is an idealism that the RCC uh, tried to live by but could not live by, uh, for an obvious reason. Uh, ideally, we would require a mashkiach from every fleshke place. Uh, our view is that the owner is really there to uh, take care of the business. The owner cannot be there to check a, a box of cilantro which to do it right today, the way we are doing it, it takes a mashkiach at least two hours, a box of cilantro, if not more. It's impossible for an owner to be doing that and running the business and running to and the, the, to Jetro or Restaurant Depot to get what he needs and um, you know meeting with clients, whatever they do. Therefore, a fleshical place ideally should have a mashkiach. That is not a standard that everybody abides by, and therefore... Um, we could not apply that standard. That is something that when I first came to the RCC, we were trying to be put in place. Uh, I must give credit to Rabbi Union. Um, because of that, we actually lost two major um, caterers who are currently one of two major caterers in the city. Uh, they were uh, relied upon just because uh, they are... Uh, now there was being from, there is an entitlement in the being from. Our perspective is not that that we do in the Mashkiach, but in practice, we uh, do have places that we are relying on the owner uh, as uh, the Mashkiach. However, when it comes to checking vegetables, either we have avoided the vegetables that are problematic, or somebody will check the vegetables for them. As far as Milchik, again, ideally, we uh, we do want Shomer Shabbos at least to be in that place. Um, we, uh, right now, we only have one place that, uh, even there, it is a Shomer Shabbos, but, uh, you know, it's a broad definition what Shomer Shabbos means today. That's something that we learned over the years. Uh, so we do require Shomer Shabbos being present. Others will tell you and have publicly announced their policy <clears throat> that they don't require a Shomer Shabbos for a dairy establishment. There is that perception out there that somehow dairy is more cal. Uh, even though a dairy restaurant can also find in its roots indoor rice issues, um, being vegetables and bugs, being uh, kosher or non-kosher cheese or fish and things of that nature. So since you mentioned uh, a little bit about the uh, about the biggest toyloyim, I, I, Rabbi uh, Davidi, would you tell us a little bit about what the RCC's policy is about vegetables? Do you use some that yes. come in bags? Do you use some that uh, that are all of those yes. checked? We, we, we are blessed to have my dear colleague, Rabbi Van, who is an expert in, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Van, who is an expert in checking of vegetables. Um, he has done this for uh, over 20 years, and uh, he, he does uh, constantly investigate what is going on firsthand, meaning over the years we have learned that people take information and run with it where they never actually experimented themselves because they couldn't experiment it because they don't have the expertise to do so. We are lucky to have somebody who actually can can take a uh, 
um, let's say, a cauliflower and examine a cauliflower and see, is it as bad as they're saying that cauliflower is also on the blacklist? We actually blacklisted cauliflower for years, but then it was proven that cauliflower is not as bad as, uh, as uh, broccoli or, uh, let's say, uh, romaine versus something else or iceberg versus some other lettuce. And sometimes the other way, actually, iceberg may prove, as of recent, has proven to be actually infested. So our policies... As is that on a regular basis or just a, one uh, short kufa? It could be seasonal. It could be seasonal. I'm not making it now a new thing that iceberg is a problem. We are treating iceberg as a low-risk lettuce. What we are uh, using is as follows. The pre-washed, um, if it's pre-washed uh, iceberg, meaning triple-washed. When we say pre-washed, means the triple-washed. If it's iceberg or uh, cabbage, which is the pre-cut cabbage, um, those we accept as is without a hashkocha. Uh, without a hashkocha, correct. Because the 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 um, tumble wash that they go through uh, is uh, and which is the three different waters, and uh, which like a jacuzzi, that will take out whatever there is. It's the, the, it's not. It is a, maybe a mutamotsui, but it's not muhzak to the degree that the system will not take it out. So. The, our finding has been, and I think it's consistent with the other people who are Yodeya Betiv Tolaim, that um, for iceberg and for uh, cabbage, the triple washing um, will render it uh, acceptable as is. We do sample from time to time. Now, we had a period of time that even romaine was very clean, and so the triple washed romaine uh, was accepted uh, as is. Um, there were some Rabbanim who pointed out that they did find some uh, bugs, whether it's aphids or uh, thrips, uh, in the pre-washed romaine. We did change the policy that it has to be washed one time, but not with soap necessarily, because again, it was a rare thing, and still we were finding that the, the triple-washed romaine is pretty good. So, in other words, in you, you, you don't have people. You take romaine out of uh, raw from a store and wash it once and without examination? No, no. That, the, uh, the triple washed is what they wash one triple time washed. and then they oh. use it. Okay, triple wash. Now, things that need... Right. Uh, but what but in the store itself, is, if, I would buy, if I would buy romaine lettuce, I want to save a few dollars and I have a mashkiach right. anyway and I want him to right. do the work, what would you ask him to do for the romaine okay. lettuce? The following instructions and that, that applies to to um, the other vegetables as well. They soak it uh, in soapy water for at least um, seven, eight, ten minutes, enough that we can uh, be comfortable that the the, the vegetable has uh, uh, had enough time to, you know, to, to soften uh, the grip of the the uh, the um, uh, insects that we are dealing with. Agitate in the soapy water, but again, soapy. Uh, has to be enough that we can actually feel the the uh, slipperiness in the water, not just a few drops of holy water just to make it that it's kosher. It has to be actually soapy. It has to be agitated. Then what we are doing now, we are checking the third water, meaning there is two soapy waters, a rinse, and that rinse is checked through a filter on a light. That means a filter... Um, there are various, uh, what they call the Schmatte system. Right. Schmatte. Really, in the industry, it's called the Schmatte system, which means that they could take a very, very uh, tight knit um, piece so of cloth, 
sometimes class is not good because when it gets wet, it's difficult to to uh, the, the, try to turn over the little aphid uh, or the or the three pin there without you know making it into a mush, but uh, or a mush. But the, um, uh, the, the there is uh, synthetic ones coming from Israel that they use use for uh, maybe even uh, uh, you know uh, um, flour checking the box through flowers. Be that as it may, the water is filtered, and that is put, what comes through the filtration goes on a light. And then with a the magnifying glass, it, each piece is inspected. That's where you find the aphids and the and the uh, and the thrips and the mites uh, very rarely, but that needs an expert, and uh, it's not really present in everything. So to answer your question, the method that we're applying today is the Schumacher system, which is soap, soap, water, and the water is filtered and checked on the light with a magnifying glass. Uh, I have two questions here. One, one sure. is, uh, does the Rabbi Van or somebody else go from restaurant to restaurant to periodically check on how well the different mashkicham are doing the checking? Yes, yes. Something that I can is... I asked them to send me pictures of what they find, mm-hmm. and that's excellent. They, 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 that way I know what they're finding and if they're finding. Mm-hmm. So I actually have compiled a file in my computer of the pictures of the bugs that they sent me with their name, so-and-so, on such-and-such date, and this is an aphid, this is a thrip. And uh, yes, they, we do do that. As a matter of fact, today I was in a restaurant where the owner has been uh, hacking us using Yeshisha language to let him uh, let Mashkiach wash cilantro for him, and we have not let him until two or three times he's been tested by our our inspector that he can actually find it. If and when we are convinced that Mashkiach can find the aphid or the thrip or the mite, so then we will let him do it. But uh, definitely, we're periodically checking on them. So that let's be to sum up briefly. Uh, it seems to be that the insect situation is something that is fluid; it's always changing, and that uh, yes. there's, uh, there's seasons and there's current status and there's new developments, yes. and it doesn't seem like it's something that is stagnant and staying the same forever. Just want to Correct. mention one quick story that uh, I had, uh, which uh, I, again, it doesn't mean. It doesn't affect uh, what you people do or however it is, but uh, one of the people who do give Ashkacha, one of the national organizations, uh, told me that for a certain period of time they could not give Ashkacha to the uh, iceberg lettuce because the, they were finding such infestation after the wash, with the triple wash, with everything, that they were still finding insects, and they, for a several-week period they could not put out with that brand name, they could not put out the uh, iceberg. So it is something that it needs constant supervision. Correct. Right. That's very important. Correct. L- let's I'm go 100% on. 100% agreement. Let's go on to some of the other issues we would like to discuss, and then I'm going to take start taking some callers. Uh, sure. you, you, you mentioned about the uh, chain stores, um, you know, the supermarket chain stores and the different kosher sections in them. Uh, that's something that you mentioned in an email to me. And let's hear yeah. a little bit about what, what the RCC is doing and what are your concerns are and what's the good part, what's the bad part. Uh, okay. Actually, there, well, there is, uh, there is the positive and there is the negative. The answer... The truth of the matter is like this. Working for an organization like the RCC that is a, 
a compilation of many rabbis and many segments of the community and decisions are made by consensus is different than an individual rav that makes a decision. In other words, the, the factors that have to be taken into account uh, are different. One thing is for sure, and that I will, that, that I will say and I will uh, defend it, our motivation is never money. I know as bad as and difficult to believe, but you know, as rare as we may f- uh, sound, we do stick to principle, and we are not driven by money. The reason is, um, just like I tell people about the gitin, if I do one get a year, or I do 85 or 70 or 5, which is the average, doesn't make any difference. I'm paid the same thing. So I have no reason to pursue anybody. As far as the the, the hashkacha that we give, the organization um, is uh, supported by uh, some of the uh, shuls. They do contribute. We are not concerned about the money, and uh, therefore we are not going to give Ashkocha because of money. Now, why do I say this? Um, we do take into account the needs of the community. Therefore, if the if the the opinion of the rabbis is that having a big supermarket in the community. Uh, even though it's going to adversely affect the the mom and pop stores, that is a greater service to the community, then we would have to go that route. And that seems to end as proven by the fact that um, Albertsons uh, does have the OU supervision in Dallas and some other cities. Oh, there's about a hundred, there, there are approximately a hundred Albertsons under Hashkocha from the OU across the country. Right, and if I'm, and you would know better than me, in the East Coast recently, I think the Hafke took over uh, 22 or more uh, chains, uh, chain stores uh, that they are giving Unbelievable, they have the BJ's uh, and they have, uh, they have right. fairways and they've got quite right. a number. The OK also has a number. Has, um, and Chicago now has uh, Asco Jewels, and I think there's a new company, there's a new uh, supermarket store. So, on one hand, it is unfortunate that it will push out the um, the uh, the small companies. But as Rabbi Elephant put it in one of his interviews, unfortunately, the uh, the time and the trend seems to be towards the big fish. You know, when I was in Philadelphia in '79, it's about 34, 35 years ago, near the Shiva, there was a five and ten store. I don't know how many people remember what a 5 and 10 store was. They had things that were, you could buy for 5 cents and 10 cents. That's uh, non, non-existent anymore. And, uh, you know, now we have here 99 cents. That's right, 99 store. and up. Right. It's not that's right, 99 that's and up. <laughs> right, right, right. So that, uh, but that one's not going to go away too fast because people do go there, uh, and it's a multi-billion dollar uh, Industry, uh, yeah. uh, industry now that particular nine center. So the, unfortunately, these small ones do suffer, but we do have to to, to take into account the uh, overall benefit to the community, and therefore the RCC has given Nashkacha to three RAF stores. That in conjunction with the OU, um, the one in La Jolla is not the conjunction with the OU. That's uh, something that we dealt with many many years ago. But um, since the uh, the Kroger uh, parent company um, recently did sign a contract with the OU, uh, and we, Baruch Hashem, have a very, very good relationship with the OU. Um, we do work together um, as far as the Hashkacha. It's not the Keder fee. We are on top of it. We consult with the OU, but we are running it from day to day. And um, 
Again, I must give credit to my colleague Rabbi Van and uh, other people in the office. And the good Baruch Hashem, we have been blessed to have good Mashkishim. And it is, it is serving the community. But then again, it, it is true that it would impact uh, the uh, mom and pop stores. But uh, that's the uh, downside if, we, uh, if you were the, of um, working with consensus. Sometimes decisions are made where an individual person would not have to take into account other, other people's opinions or wishes. But in this case, I think we are on the uh, right side um, to be with the opinions of the Rabbanim that think it is the right thing to do to serve the community. Well, I, I, do you find, though, that when you have these stores, that you sometimes have to adjust what you would do? For example, what do you do with Shabbos? You don't have a mashkiach tamidi on Shabbos. No, Even a mashkiach yotzev and nichmas on Shabbos is almost impossible. Some places no, no, they're no, no, in the no, no, neighborhood. Locked. The so, kosher is closed. Everything's locked. We actually made them put down the, the like the pharmacies, you know, the, uh, the metal... Right. Uh, um, uh, shades that roll down and get locked, like you lock in the pharmacy at night. So you're talking we about you're talking about like a takeout. But we have again a bakery. Right now they only have, the bakery has mashkiach temidi. But what about Shabbos? Uh, Shabbos is open or closed? It doesn't produce. Closed. Unbelievable. I want you to know, Rabbi, that I had spent my time right around Pesach with two issues about in-store bakeries, uh, not in this area, not in your area either. It was very, very disappointing. In one place, uh, in one of these uh, shops, I'm not going to mention which one, they, the company itself made up labels and put it on the products uh, saying that it's kosher Pesach. And it didn't have the hashkocha. I mean, the hashkocha wasn't responsible, and the store was putting on kosher Pesach labels. In the other case, the, the, the store was open on Pesach, and it was producing, and they put the stickers on. The stickers were left there with the goyim, and they were putting the stickers on on Yom Tov that said that this product is parava. And I asked the rabbi, why do you do that? Why do you let them put it on? Because they will maybe be able to use it after Yom Tov. It was made on Yom Tov by Goyim, and now it'll have a hashkocha, so they'll buy it after Yom Tov, so it'll help the study, this, this establishment. I said, what about the fact that it says parva? You make parva and dairy. Or we, we told them to lock up the dairy. So the Goyim were in charge that only parva the products that said parva were really parva, and all of the labels were left in the hands of the non-Jews. All Pesach. No, Baruch Hashem, we have nothing. Nothing, nothing near it. They had actually uh, large signs printed covering the whole area saying from such and such date until the morning after Pesach, not Mutzai Pesach. Right. The morning after Pesach will be closed and nothing would be available. We actually visited uh, two of the Ralph stores during Pesach to make sure that there is nothing there. There were some actual chametz left out there from before Pesach, uh, which was not brought in during Pesach. It was basically um, left behind, and that was removed, and that was the end of it. But the area that's under Hashkacha was locked up. And um, by the way, we have many other safeguards. The labels cannot be printed without our input, meaning the uh, computers uh, have been... Uh, 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 played with such that they cannot uh, just put in any uh, any label. No, the kosher label has to have a code. 
And these, so these stores, are these stores yes. uh, in any way Jewish-owned or Jew? Or not Jews? at all. Not at all. No, not Kroger. Really. The parent, but the parent body is Kroger, which yeah. is, uh, I think, it's out of Atlanta, but that's a national uh, uh, conglomerate. I want to let some of our listeners speak to you, sure. so just hold on one second. I'm going to say a few words about our sponsor, and I'd like everybody to start calling in at 718-683-5858 to speak to our guest, Rabbi Nisim Davidi, who's out in Los Angeles, California. Rabbi Davidi, how, what's the temperature yeah. today out there in California? Today, actually, cooling down, it's 75. Oh, it's still a nice one. We're a little, a little cooler than that. Maybe we'll catch up to you in the middle of the summer. Tomorrow <laughs> Any- is supposed to be 60. Okay, well, okay, we hope to have good weather. We hope to be better here. Anyway, 718-683-5858. And if you'd like to text us, 347-927-8398. And if you're having difficulty reaching us, uh, listening to the show, one way you can listen is to call 718-506-9099. That's not the telephone to call now, but that's in case you have to hear the show. Or you can get us at jrootradio.com. Dot com uh, on the internet. But right now, call us at 718-683-5858 in order to speak to our guest, Rabbi Nisim Davidi from the RCC of California. But before we do that, we're going to talk about a local store. It's not. Uh, it's closer to a and pa than it's the, one of the big ones, and that's the Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. Glotmart serves the needs of the Flatbush community and and beyond because they deliver they deliver to the area outside of the. They deliver, listen. We have to call, we have to cut. We, the people are going to hear through this thing, so please, we maybe we'll cut it off over here. Anyway, the uh, the the. Uh, the Glotmart has a service outside the area, too. They deliver, I think, once or twice a week. You can find all the details of calling Glotmart at 718-338-4040. Now you can call us at 718-683-5858. And when you think of Glotmart, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a a few items or a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. They have weekly specials running from Wednesday to Tuesday, and starting this week on Wednesday, you can buy Geffen egg noodles at 129 for 12 ounce. You can get Lieber's whole corn uh, at 15 and a quarter ounce for 69 cents. You can get um, uh, she bowled them chocolate-covered pretzels at 169. Uh, and the Shevitz Tams at 199. Geffen mini soup mandel, 14 ounce, one dollar and 99 cents. And the meats, family pack fillet steak, 8.99, and minute steak roast, 10.99 a pound. And you can save time. Pull into Glotmart using the 12th, East 12th Street entrance, and you can park at their valet parking right behind the store. And they will park the car for you and have it ready to load up with, your, with your, the, the purchases at Glotmart when you're finished the shopping. And at Glotmart, the quality of the meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor. At Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashrus on the Air over J Root Radio. And so without further ado, we're going to take our callers. If you want to call us, call 718-683-5858. Our first caller. Go ahead, please. You're on Kashrus on the Air. Go ahead. Hello? Hello. This Go- is me. 
Yes, you're on the air. With the, you're, you're speaking to Rabbi Nisim Davidi and Rabbi Yosef Wickler. Go ahead. Okay, I, if, uh, I just wanted to ask about this uh, Shmata system what you were talking. Um, you are saying that after two times soap water, you're checking, someone expert is checking in the box. In, in the water he's checking, or in the Shmata? He takes the, the water and puts it on the Shmata. He takes the water, pours it onto the shmata. Now you have all the contents of the water goes in the shmata. It goes right through the shmata, and all you're left with is whatever's physically there that's not a liquid, and it's very easy to sift through and see the so insects. So on the shmata, you're looking to see if there's a bugs, if there's insects. Correct. And Correct. if you find the insects, then what do you do? Depends on that the vegetable, or you say the vegetable is clean because the bugs are in the shmata. Oh, no, no. The, the bug would be an indication of what there is or what there isn't in the, in the vegetables. If there is what one... What is in the vegetable or not in the vegetable? No, no. It meant that in the general in vegetables. He's going to tell you what he does. Go ahead. Continue. So the ichor is to check the vegetable, no? no. Not the shmata. Right. We'll discuss it in a minute. Go ahead. Well, let's see. What do we do with it? Okay. The, 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 the reason uh, Rabbi Vaya in Israel came up with the, this method is because... Taking every piece of vegetable either is not practical or it's very tedious. It's one thing to take a leaf uh, of um, romaine and, and wash it and put it over the light. It's another thing to try to ch- check little pieces of cilantro or parsley. It's almost impossible. Therefore, he came up with the method of washing it, giving it a bath in the little bath, which is the sink. Then all of that water is drained. Uh, we, we actually put the filter underneath the drain. Why we need to have the sinks that can be uh, drained. All of that water is drained into that shemate, so the shemate acts as a filter. Now, whatever came off of the vegetable went into the water. The reason we did soap and then the third water is because the two soap will make sure whatever is on it will come off. It goes into the water, uh, it's rinsed, it goes to the shemate. Now, the shemate is where we catch them. Put it on the light with that magnifying we check for it. Depending on what we do find or we do not find, we'll decide what to do. It's only one. Uh, it's not muhzak. We don't have to go back. Uh, but if, the, you know, the, the, the psak that was given was if it's only one, there's no hazaka. You, don't, you can use the vegetable as is. You can go on. But generally, we tell them to wash it one more time. If it's more than one, then it would have to be washed again with soap, and the water has to be uh, with the new water, of course. Has to be washed, uh, filtered, again checked. Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Davidi, uh, are you checking the, the 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 water of the first wash and the second wash also, or just the third wash? The, the soap, soap water. The soap. So therefore, there's no real in watch checking the first water because uh, that may may or may not tell you how bad you're starting. Right. But that's not where we want to. You know, if the last water tells me that it's clean, so then so be it. So I'm, uh, I'm I, I agreed, but if, it, if, the, if the last one shows one, so then maybe there really are more. That's why you're checking it again. No, yeah. but, they, but, but they came off going through another two, uh, two uh, washes. So the one will not create a chazaka. So that wouldn't be mechaivas. Again, we are still telling them to wash it after we spoke with Abelski and other people who are Yodeye Betif Tolaim. Um, one would not uh, obligate, 
but right now we are telling them to go back and wash it one more time. Okay. Thank so you very much. I yeah. understand this comment of going to wash it one more time because of the chashash because you found one bug. The question is, if you found, let's say you found no bugs, then you would just be matching the whole thing, the whole leaf, the whole Correct. batch, the whole bag, whatever Correct. it is. Correct. See, let me let me just try explain a little bit what the, this caller is saying. It's a very important I question. I could be a bit ignorant because maybe I'm dealing on a no. small scale. No, you're I'm you're not ignorant. My few heads of lettuce. No, no, you're not but ignorant maybe at all. Industrially, it's a different situation. You, you're not you're not ignorant, but but yeah, I want to try to explain what what you're saying and explain what David is saying because they're really you're talking about two separate things. My Rebbe Zeichat Tzadik V'Kadosh of Racha of Asher Zimin and uh, also Rabbi Blumenkrantz. These people were of the opinion that what we're talking about would not be acceptable. They would not accept this methodology. They would only accept actually checking each and every leaf. And if you couldn't check it, you can't check it. If it can't be done properly, so you can't eat that. That's how they would deal with it, like you were saying. But on the other hand, this is a practical situation which the majority of the Rabbanim today, I would say, are, are accepting. The Kashra Sage, the, this, uh, this David Goldstein, which we've had on the show many times, uh, works for Positive. So he's uh, working with that system, which was from Rabbi Vaya in Israel. And it's, uh, it, it's something that he's been teaching, and hundreds and hundreds of mashkichim across the United States are accepting this, and it's a big step forward so from what was before, because checking, Correct. not so much that, even, even though uh, Rabbi David is... Yeah, even though Rabbi Davidi is very nice about it, he's trying to be nice to, about the topic, but the truth is that the quality of the mashkichim, uh, you know, it's a hard day, it's pressure, it's time, there's, this, uh, there's, uh, there's pressure from the uh, owner, and uh, to say that he's batting a thousand every single day he gets up there to look for these uh, bugs is also not such an easy thing to do, plus the fact that, you know, it's even if you in the ideal world, if I could check every inch, then that would be the best. But the trouble is that... If, Human beings are not capable on a regular basis to that extent. The average mashkiach is not going to be able to be batting a thousand, and he's much more likely to be able to work with this new system. So I, I agree. It's a, it's a question halacha. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. There's a question halacha, but in practical, is this, uh, practicality, it works very well. It works. If you don't have to check the leaves. That's the that's, that's what this what system is saying. That's what this system is saying. Made so that you can establish a certain level of chazaka by which you don't have to check the leaves. That's what this system Correct. is saying. I could just tell you from my experience with positive, I don't want to get lost in that topic, but positive, what they try to do is that before the, the product goes in to be washed, they're sure it's not a mir hamatsui, that, that the, the percentage is so low, so that they this have to the wash. you asking before about checking the soap water originally. The yeah, but, they, but they, they're, they checking, they're simply checking before anything's been washed at all. And if they're satisfied that it can be washed, then uh, if they're not satisfied, then it will, it, they won't we go in at all. Uh, if I may interject, there are times that we do tell the mashkiach to get rid of it, to throw it out. Right. Now, if after three times washing it, he cannot get rid of it, then it's muhsak beyond uh, salvation. Then it has to be thrown out. Right. Uh, and again, if, the if extent uh, of how much bugs you see on the shmata will determine whether you have to throw it out or wash again. Or correct. If you you'll never say you can eat it. If you see a bug on the shmata, you'll never say you can eat it right away. 
You'd That's only say wash again yeah. or soap again and, and do the whole thing again. And check again. Correct. And check again. And check again. Right. Of course, the water is filtered again and put Basically, back on the light any, again. any insect on the smarter, right away, that means that, that vegetable right now, as is, cannot be eaten. That's what Correct. I'm saying. And not only that, but you understand, we, the, the mashkiach doesn't do a leaf. He's doing a lot at once. And that right. whole lot, or whole, that whole uh, section he's checking now, he's going we'll to say that, that the one bug will make that whole... Uh, the whole amount of uh, vegetables uh, has to be held in abeyance until it's further cleaned. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. Next caller. Okay, you're on Cautious on the Air with Rabbi Davidi and Rabbi Wickler. Go ahead, please. Yeah, if you buy a place like a zoo that has tray for tables and you by mistake put your food down there, are you still allowed to eat it? I didn't hear... I'm sorry if you can't... I couldn't hear it exactly. Can you repeat it louder? Louder. If you're buying like a zoo or some place that has tray for tables, and you by mistake put some food da- down onto the table, are you still allowed to eat it, or does the table make a tray? If it is, if you when you pick it up, you don't see anything at all on the table, so you could assume that it wasn't uh, there wasn't anything there. If you see something like it's greasy, so then uh, you'll have to worry about taking off uh, a little bit, maybe at the spot where it touched. But it doesn't invalid, doesn't make everything trafe. No, just like if something falls on the floor, you don't have to throw it out. I mean, you know, some people will say for health purposes, but it's not the same thing. You don't say this happened and that happened. You know, I know it's dirty and it's a filthy table and everything. That, uh, but it's been cleaned off. If it's if it's really dirty still, and you see something that's greasy, you look at it, examine it. If there's nothing there, then you can assume nothing was wrong. Okay. Okay. Thank you By for calling. By the call. way, when I was on hold, I was hearing music in the background. Oh, I don't know about that. I can't tell you. Okay, I'll speak to Nisim. Thank you. Go ahead, please. You're on cautious on the air. You're on the air. Go ahead. First of all, thank you for the show. You're welcome. Um, my question is, number one, is romaine lettuce. If you buy checked romaine lettuce and you have it in the fridge vacuum, and after a couple of days, it starts getting like, um, not, like the dryness goes away. Does bugs um, grow again? Or once it's washed, by the company, it's good forever. Good question. Rabbi, you want to answer it? Yeah. It's an excellent question. I will say up front that I'm not the, the biggest expert. I think Rabbi Van should be on the line for this one. However, based on my experience, the regeneration of the bugs would not happen in such a short period of time. In other words, we all know that microscopically, they exist everywhere. That's why if you have a vacuum pack of, um, or a sealed uh, bag of uh, pasta, over time it will, it will have larvae in it and turn into a bug. That's why it happens to matzah, it happens to everything that's left in a damp and, and a warm place. Uh, in this case, they, uh, the, the, to the best of my knowledge, they do not regenerate in such a short period of time enough to create a halachic concern. In other words, there may be some eggs there. There may be. What, there may would, you, be. would you say? Would you say that that um, if you have a package that is already open, uh, the seal is open? Would you say that if you see there is a little chashash of bugs, you should wash it, or you should rely on a suffix and it's and it's and it's 
We don't have any spacus. In this world, that kind of a question doesn't exist. You have to get a loop. We sell them. You can buy, buy any store with a, a jeweler's loop. You have to examine it. If you saw something that's a dot and you're not sure if it's a bug, you have to examine it before you eat it. But uh-huh. your question about them all becoming insect infested, I want you to know that Israel, uh, they, they produce uh, the uh, Alei Katif, and sometimes they come in packages where they're, where they're open partially. I've seen right. vegetables, and they and they don't they don't have a concern. They tell you just wash it off and use it. They they have a concern only for big big flies getting in, but the uh, thrips and everything they think they're not there at all. Never came in, and they're not going to be there. So I I don't think that the I I don't think there is a concern. But I must tell you what they told me at Positive when they were because uh, they they produce the, uh, the their vegetables in Mexico and they bring them over to the United States, and it takes time between bringing it over until it's washed until it's packaged <clears throat> and they so try what to you're do saying, what you're saying is that it doesn't grow now i'm going to i'm just going to tell i'm going to tell you that until it's washed you, they definitely are growing in there and they, that's why right. they they end up checking sometimes several times before it's packaged so there is a, there is there is a change that takes place over a few days I correct but you still have potential you have a potential in that, but once it's been washed and they've and they've gotten it uh, thoroughly clean and uh, they've you know they've uh, they've used the chemicals probably also. So at that point, Correct. I That's don't think fine. it's going to really be an issue. The amount of time it stays in your in your in your refrigerator, and uh, besides, with the, I know with the positive, they tried, to, and I think the others also they tried to like. It like uh, cryovac, so it's it 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 retains a, a different level of uh, a protection. Okay, the reason the reason I just want to ask another question. The reason the reason spinach and arugula are hard to check is because that it because it's very green. Is that the reason why it's, it's so difficult? Why which is so why, difficult? Why why is why is spinach so hard oh. to give an extra? Rabbi, Rabbi Davidi, go well, ahead. Sometimes, well, sometimes it's, uh, if it's mites, mites are very difficult to remove because they actually stick to it. Um, the, the, however, we do find that we do permit uh, spinach to be washed with the same process. Um, we would wash it again with the soap and soap and water, and uh, if it comes through, if it comes, uh, the water comes clean, which, which action are we talking about? I don't even know what. what rabbinical Council of California, Again. the RCC, the oh, Rabbinical yeah. Council of California. That's correct. In, the, in right. New York, we're not you basically not using that. We we have a big problem in getting uh, spinach into our uh, into our mm-hmm. restaurants and our uh, caterers that these these days. Again, there, there is there is green. There is some kind of packages. That is in the stores right now. It's like a, a plastic package, and it it has like spinach, baby spinach, arugula, all kinds of stuff, and it looks very clean. I don't know who gives the answer on it, but it's in the in the stores in the Hamish uh, stores. So well, again, I, I don't know about that. And they found spinach to be extremely, especially baby spinach, to be extremely <laughs> difficult at the present time. I don't know if it's changing now or changed this. You'll have to always uh, examine and check it out again. Uh, uh, Rabbi Winkler, if I may interject. Go ahead. Uh, 
the, uh, I thought the, the caller is going to ask a steering what I said. We do, uh, we do check beforehand, meaning uh, part of what Rabbi Van does is he is always having his finger on the pulse to know what's going on out there. You alluded to that at the very beginning. Seasons change, the, the farms change, whether they use pesticide, how much pesticide they use. If we know already what's out there is, uh, is, is beyond, uh, as I said, salvation to begin with, it cannot be helped then we are not going to even bother with the washing. Mm-hmm. What I said that we wash it, uh, soap, soap, water, and check with the, with the, uh, with the Shmata procedure is where it is shayach to render it, uh, to render it bug-free, then we would go through the process. If it has taken the mites, and the mites are not coming off uh, by this way of washing, so then we would, end, we would uh, forbid it completely. There was a period of time that we took the most stringent uh, standard. We were not allowing, um, just like we don't allow strawberries, we were not allowing um, uh, uh, mixed greens. Arugula we would never use. Spinach we were not using. We were basically limiting everybody to iceberg. But over time, as you said uh, rightly, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, it's a fluid situation. And uh, from uh, a climate to another climate, it makes a difference. And uh, depending on what they're doing, you know, they're all using pesticides. Uh, and um, sometimes it is possible to render it bug free. Thank you very much for the call. If you you allow me to ask one more question. Yes, just to make an announcement, anybody who would like to call us, we have a few minutes left, 718-683-5858. Go ahead, please. Go ahead. Okay, um, one more concern about um, herbs, like rosemary, thyme, um, um, tarragon, mint. What about all these little tiny um, 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 leaf herbs? The dried uh, ones? Are they, are they good? Not dry. Generally, we uh, advise our places to use dry. And we would only let mashkichim uh, uh, that have been trained for those, because some of those are very infested. Um, and the proof is... You for, just example, for example, example. On a white sheet of paper, and you will see what comes out of it. Right. They are very infested. Um, so those we, we, we generally avoid. Uh, but if it has to be used, some hotels need it fresh. They do want it fresh. Then if the I'm, I'm, a, I'm a chef, that's why I'm asking. Uh-huh. Right. So will you will fresh you use paper. the will you use it dry or you want to have it fresh? Most chefs would like to use fresh ingredients. But dry dry right. ingredients are very strong, and um, fresh is, is 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 the best quality. So. That's the reason why we want to use it uh, fresh. And mostly you use all but these I'm little sure. um, herbs for um, decorating a plate or decorating a dish. Uh, now, since we but have I'm you on the air and you're, you're a chef, uh, I'm not going to ask you where you work or who you work for, but maybe you want to share with us a story or two from your own experience. Um, one thing I can say that it's, it's, very, it's very difficult in the kosher line to be a chef. Because in a kosher kitchen, the whole the whole thing about ingredients, cautious ingredients, becomes a very uh, tough issue, and it becomes like a separate whole issue in the kitchen. In a normal kosher kitchen, it's like you can do whatever you want. Basically, you have to wash, but you can use it right away. But in in, in the kosher kitchen, it's like even in the financial side, it's, it's a very big um, um, issue that 
kitchens have with greens, with meat, with everything. And especially greens is a very tough, uh, tough uh, line. You have to create menus and you have to know before you create the menu, how you, are you going to clean? Is the bomb actually going to give you extra? Isn't it going to be, give you extra? So it's just like a, it's a tough issue about the greens. That's why I call. Thank you very much for your call. All right. And Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Davidi, culinary expertise will bring it back to life. Rabbi Davidi, just a, a few words, sum yes. up, because we have to go soon. Uh, maybe just share with us one story from your experiences. All right. Oh, I'll tell you again. The, I, uh, this week, I went to a um, to a place that gives hashkacha to that makes um, wine vinegar. Yes. And um, I go there, and they, they mix basically vinegar with. Um, grape concentrate. Now, I did question the validity of truth in advertisement. If they're doing that, then how could they advertise as wine vinegar? But he told me it's understood on the label. It says it's acetic acid and con- uh, grape juice concentrate, etc. Right. Uh, but then he shows me the 50-gallon uh, drums of uh, uh, the uh, grape juice concentrate, and it has it has printed on it the hashkocha, valid hashkocha label, and on top a copy of the certificate. And it says, here you are. The only problem is that when I try to match the label on the barrel uh, with the certificate on the top that was so nicely taped on, it doesn't match. <laughs> it says over there, signature required. There's no signature over here. Oh. Um, so then I, 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 slowly, I put him on hold. I, I track down the plant and the mashkiach, and then uh, within a few hours, uh, before I have gotten hold of the mashkiach, they sent me a new copy of the lading bill where it actually has the mashkiach signature in Hebrew. So then uh, I call back, so one minute, this was in February, so how come they didn't send this to us earlier? So the mashkiach, I finally like, got hold of him, he said, you know, Rabbi, um, they sent out these barrels uh, weeks ago. I didn't see them. They called me today. They told me, come in and sign this for me. So I went in, and, and not seeing those barrels, which are, of course, 500 miles away down in Los Angeles, I just signed my name onto them. Wow. I made a mistake. I shouldn't wow. have done that. Now, the, the reality is that the seal was not a kosher seal, meaning the, what they call the plumber, the metal seal, uh, did not have a, a kosher uh, symbol, and it was not a kosher seal. The numbers, even the, uh, the numbers that the company put on the lading bill that they faxed to me with his signature were the numbers off of a trafer uh, grape oh. juice label, not the kosher label. So the whole thing was trafer. Wow. The whole thing was trafer, uh, and uh, we, uh, we put it on hold. They sent it back t- until he sent us. The Mashiach actually, I sent him the pictures of the, lab- uh, of the plumbers, and he said, no, these are not our labels. Our labels are white, and they have a kosher symbol but on I, them. Are you assuming that this would, the company did this itself? The company the you, you were certifying? The company you were certifying it, did this? Or they uh, were? No, no. Oh, no, the the the, uh, the manufacturer uh, of the grape juice. Uh, no, I don't. I don't believe that they were trying to play around because when I reviewed the emails between the company that we're going to get and the uh, company that sent them the grape juice, she said in the right. email, "Our barrel has kosher symbols." Rabbi, we got we got, we have okay. to go. So I want to thank you very okay. much for joining us, okay. Rabbi sure. Rabbi Nelson Davidi from uh, the RCC in California. I just want to remind people that if you'd like to con- contribu- contribute to J Root to help us at our work over here, please call us at seven one eight. 
336-8544, or email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com, and we will, for $50 or more, we will give you two free subscriptions to Kashrus Magazine. Thank you for listening, and we hope to hear, we hope to hear you again next week on the radio, on, our, on, our, uh, on the Kashrus Online. Thank you very much for listening.